Folks, he died for me that I could live for eternity. If there was nothing else that I had this morning to be thankful for, wouldn't that be enough? You may be here, you don't even know the Lord. You might have been invited by a friend this Thanksgiving week and you're here today and you don't even know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You said, well, you know, what if I'm not saved? Do I have any? No, you really don't have much to be thankful for. There's a lot of people say, well, I have this, that, and the other thing. The Bible tells me very clear, what good does it do to gain the whole world and lose my own soul? Welcome to the Destined to Win podcast with pastor and teacher Tim Masters. Pastor Tim is the senior pastor of Victorious Life Christian Center in Flagstaff, Arizona. I'm Joe Harding, inviting you to join us for worship services Sunday mornings at 10 at 2615 East 7th Avenue across from Cal Ranch. For more information on the ministries of Victorious Life Christian Center or to make a donation, visit us online at vlccaz.org. That's VLCCAZ.org. Now, with today's message, here's Pastor Tim Masters. I, I, I want to take you right into your notes as the music's playing, and we're, we're going to do things a little. Today's a day of Thanksgiving. This week's a week of Thanksgiving. And I start. I, I did. A, I put a little series together for this Thanksgiving, and I, and I titled the series for "What Does a Man Give Thanks?" For what does a man give thanks? And the title of your message today is "Thanksgiving Changes Everything." Oh, not just the event, not just the day, not just the the holiday, but your heart of Thanksgiving. I, I, once again, I was out praying this morning, and I was thinking about uh, you know the message and thinking about uh, God, your anointing, and, and all the different stuff. And God kind of dropped this in my heart, and, and he said, try to say you're thankful with a frown. It's, folks, God speaks to me real simple. Okay, real simple. And he said, try to say you're thankful with a, with a frown. And I said, thank you. It doesn't even feel natural, does it? When you say, thank you, what's your face automatically do? It, it lightens up, doesn't it? Thank you. Look at somebody and say thank you. Look at a husband, look at a wife and say thank you. See what it, look what it does to your face. That might be the best face you've had all year. But think about it. When you start, when you just, you're, you're, you're grateful for something. It just immediately lifts you. Every Thanksgiving, every Thanksgiving, I'm reminded of all that I have to be thankful for. Now, I, I know it's not just this time, but just it always brings it to a peak, to a pinnacle. All I have to do is look around 
look back, but ultimately look up. Folks, what do I have to be thankful for? There's hundreds of people that come to this church that when we started almost nine, ago, nine years ago, my wife and I was all there was. I think we got a couple things to be thankful for. We've seen hundreds of people in Flagstaff get saved. Some go to different churches. Some go to different ministries. Some have moved away. Some have, have wandered away. But you know that seed that we planted of God's word and God's grace. Look what the scripture says in 1 Thessalonians 5. Always be joyful. Can I tell you a medical fact? Scientific reality? It takes more muscles to frown than it does to smile. Just try it. Go ahead and frown. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Give me, frown. Now smile. See how just... Folks, some of you are working too hard. you got to just let that smile come out. I tell people all the time, you know, people, people walking around, they say, you know, you need what I have, and they don't have a smile on their face when you're talking about Jesus. I've seen some people say, you need Jesus, and they look like they got something else. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure what I, no, I don't want that. See, when you're talking about heaven, you're talking about God, you're talking about the Lord, smile. With everything else, your regular face is fine. But smile. Some of you will get that when you leave. Look what it says here. Always be joyful. Never stop praying. Do you think we might be less grateful because we stop praying? We start looking other places for our reception and the things we receive. And then I love this, and I bolded it in your notes, but I want you to underline it, please. Look what it says. Be thankful in all circumstances. Amen. Folks, I can tell you right now, even when it's bad, it can still be good. That's right. That's right. Even when it's bad, it can still be good. I'll get it to you. Even when it's bad, it can still be good. You see, if you've got a thankful heart, even the bad can look good. Because you're looking and said, God, I don't know why that's bad, but I know you're good. So somehow you're going to use that bad for the good. That's right. What it says. And then I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued by the way this passage goes on. I want you to circle this. For this is God's will for you who belong to Jesus. This is God's will for you who belong to Jesus. What is God's will? To be thankful in every circumstance. Are we? Oh, please forgive me. I forgot to dismiss the children. I have Miss Tandy walking up the center room. I'm thinking, am I in trouble? <laughs> So if your children, please dismiss your kids to Children's Church uh, and uh, meet them, take them to the back. If you have not registered them, please sign them in. That way we know uh, who our little ones are. So would you think about it? Give thanks with a grateful heart. Give thanks 
to the Holy One Give thanks Because He's given Jesus Christ He is Son And now Let the weak say I You might be feeling weak this morning But by the time we leave You're going to be feeling strong you might feel like you don't have much right now, but when you leave this building today, you're going to feel like you have everything. Because Jesus is going to touch you. He's going to lift you. He's going to encourage you. Now I want you to listen to me. There's something that I've learned a long time ago. I've been pastoring a long time. And I've been through the good, the bad, the up, the down, the in and out, the struggles. And there's something that God taught me as a young Christian. And I put it in your notes, and it's going to be on the screen. Gratitude is so much about perspective. I want you to hear that statement again. Gratitude, thanksgiving, is so much about perspective. Have you ever been given something and someone else has given more and you felt ingratitude? I hope that's a true statement, but the reality is I think all of us have. How come he got what I didn't get? But did you ever stop to think about what you did get? You see, sometimes because it's not what we think we should get, we're not grateful. Well, I, des I, de I deserve more. Folks, can I tell you something? The only thing we really deserve in life is hell. All of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. I've had people say, well, you know, that was then and this is now. Oh, no, that is now. Preparing us for then. So much of gratitude, so much of thanksgiving is about perspective. We've all heard the thing, you know, that, that it rains and some get in the mully grubs. Others break out and dance. My wife and I, we just redid our, our, uh, our uh, patio in the back. And, and uh, one of the things that her and I both together, immediately when we're doing it, we looked at each other and said, we need, to put a, we need to put a ceiling on the bottom part of our balcony so we can go out and sit when it's raining. So we can go out and enjoy the rain coming down. Folks, you, you know, we, we, we got the white stuff coming pretty soon. A little bit danced around, but the white stuff. And some of you sitting back there, oh, God. Do you know, have you ever looked at what snow does? It takes the ugliest landscape and turns it into the beauties. You see, so much of gratitude is about perspective. I once read a, a, a story about a preacher. 
that was on his way to church one morning, and this old boy was, was walking up, and, and he thought he was doing a good thing. He was welcoming the, the preacher to church, and, and he said, Pastor, I, I am so, so sorry about this, this, this wintry weather and, and, and everything. And, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm sorry it's so cold outside. And, and, you know, the pastor stopped him and said, you know, I was just thanking God for keeping his word. And the old boy is looking at him like, like some of you that haven't looked at your notes yet. Because I put the story in the notes. But the old boy looked at the pastor and said, whatever you do, you mean. He said, I'm just looking around and I'm thanking God for keeping his promises. Do you know after the flood, the very first thing that God is begins to speak to Noah, who has just offered a sacrifice to God, and the Bible says the sacrifice was a sweet-smelling savor unto the Lord. And do you know that God put the rainbow in the sky right then? And this is what God said. He said, as long as earth endures, seed time and harvest, listen, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night will never cease. Folks, when that rain falls, thank God he's keeping his promise. When that snow falls, thank God he's keeping his promise. When the sun comes up tomorrow, thank God he's keeping his promise. Come on, somebody get excited in God's house. Amen. See, the old preacher said, I'm strengthened. I'm strengthened by the weather because it reminds me that God keeps his promises. Right. And now let the weak say I am strong. Let the poor say I am rich. Because of what the Lord has done. Come on, church. He keeps his promises, so sing with us. And now let the weak God, I may not feel it right now, but I know the strength of your glory is going to build me. God, I may not have it now, but I know the promise of you meeting every need is going to sustain me. Oh, God, thank you. Let me talk to you. If you have nothing else to be thankful for, don't you think you can be thankful that God keeps his promises? Some of you are the recipients of God's promise and you haven't even stopped to thank him for it. Well, you know, Pastor, I was believing God for this and I only got that. He could have kept that. There's an old saying, thank God for unanswered prayers. Because some of us ain't got a clue what we pray for. Well, Pastor, it's just not all going the way. You know what the Bible says? If you have nothing else to be thankful, be thankful that he said all that call upon the name of the Lord would be saved. Did you call upon the name of the Lord? Have you called upon him this morning? I'm out walking on my balcony in the mornings and I'm praying and I'm, you know, I start off, God, thank you. Thank you. And after I thank God, you know what I ask? God, forgive me. Forgive me for areas in my life that separate me. Folks, they happen. 
Can I tell you, too many people spend too little time in respect to thanksgiving. I I would venture to say half of my prayer time is thanking God. I thank God for people. Say, God, I, I thank you for where they are. That they're not where they were. But God, I rejoice in where they're going to be. See, I spend time doing that. I spend time ministering. Are you all okay that we're doing this a little different today? Because I, I, I sit here. I don't sit here. I'm standing here. A sitting would be out. I, I stand here and I, I think about all this stuff that could be not necessarily good and I say God we, we've got probably the most incredible worship team in Flagstaff I sit here and think it could be just me and Bill It could just be me. But look what God has given us. Look what God has given us. I read about a, an old country gentleman on a farm and he was invited to dinner by this refined gentleman dignified and they went out to this restaurant this refined gentleman asked him to come along he thought he would he would spend some time with this old country gentleman and and help to educate him help to develop him and all of a sudden the first thing the old gentleman does when he sits down at that at that restaurant table is he bows his head and gives thanks asks God to bless the meal the time of fellowship and then he included God I have so much to be thankful for well, at the end of the prayer, the old fellow lifted his head and, and the fine gentleman kind of jeeringly said, don't you think saying grace and, and as some of you guys call it and praying over a meal, that's a, that's a bit old-fashioned. Well, the old farmer just kind of sat back and being the honest man he was. Now, folks, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm fixing to get unpolitically correct if you're okay. I am Hensley, I am. I'm taking my time. The refined gentleman said, you do realize that more educated people don't pray at the table anymore. They don't think they have to give themselves to that kind of customary tradition any longer because they know where everything comes from. Well, the old farmer listening to the fella and said, yeah, I, I have I have those at my house that they don't bow their head and pray. And the educated guy said, see, there's even education coming to your home. And the Wise gentleman, wise in himself, the educated gentleman, the refined gentleman said, I would like to meet those sensibly 
enlightened people. Who are they? And the old farmer said, my pigs. I told you I was going to get unpolitically correct. Pastor, are you telling me if I don't give thanks, I'm a pig? I didn't say that. But if that conviction's hitting you, you ought to think about it. Why wouldn't you give thanks? Why wouldn't you give thanks? In all things. You see, life, even at its worst, it's still good to be alive. Look at Colossians 4, 2 says, look at this. It says, it says devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. So do you, do you see the correlation between prayer and thanksgiving? Maybe it's, we're not praying. Maybe we're not taking the time. In your notes, just real quick, for what does a man give thanks? If I read that passage in Thessalonians correctly, it says to be thankful in everything, in everything. There's actually a place in Romans that says be thankful for everything. In context, it's not talking about all the struggles and all the difficulties. But the reality is the Bible tells us in the difficulties, in the struggles. You see, folks, we need to be thankful regardless of the surroundings, regardless of the difficulty, regardless of the setbacks. It is in these times, it is in these times when we can be thankful that we are proving our trust in God. So would you do it with me again? And now let the weak, do you feel weak? Do you feel poor? Have you stopped to be thankful on what he's already done? Therefore, you can pray about what's left undone. And now, God, thank you. God, I thank you, Lord, that I'm not yet what I'm going to be. But God, I can rejoice and I can be thankful and I can have gratitude that I'm not what I used to be. Because God, you're changing every bit of me right now. Years ago I was praying and I was saying, God, I, as I've shared, I've, I've pastored for a long time, folks, and, and I, I, have, I have found so many people that just don't grab the concept of thanksgiving and, and the concept of gratitude. And, and I have seen them come to church and leave church, come to church and leave church. Some of the most miserable people on earth Now, if I'm talking about the person sitting in your chair, move real quick. I have people, oh, they're doing it. You're going to have to move again because it followed you. I've had people that you could list everything that God has done. And they'll just start talking about what's not done. You know, it's like the person you say, isn't that beautiful blue sky? They'll point out the one cloud that's 500 miles away. You know, it's like, it's like Thomas Jefferson. He told the story of the pessimist. He defined a pessimist. He said, a pessimist is the guy that feels bad when he feels good for fear he's going to feel worse when he feels better. They're always looking for the struggles. They're always looking for the problems. 
And it doesn't matter. The, the good can be right in front of them. And they go digging for the bad. Let's say, God, why are people so miserable? And I believe these, I, these people are saved. They truly are. I know they love the Lord, but they walk around miserable. And then God, God does this to me. Folks, you have to understand, I'm a real simple guy. I'm like that old country farmer. And I'm liable to say things as rude and crude like that farmer too. Yeah, you'll, yeah hang around me long enough, you'll find it. But I, I was there and God just begins to speak to me and, and he begins to challenge me. He said, you see those miserable people? Did you ever think of the root of miserable? And I said, well, yeah, God. It's misery, and you know, and they're hurting, and they're this, they're that. And God said, No. I said, The root. Misery is just another fruit of being miserable. He said, They're miserable because they're misers. They won't let go of the pain, they won't let go of the hurt. They keep hoarding it to themselves. They would rather look in the mirror instead of seeing my problem. My promise, all they want to do is see the problem. I've shared the story about John Wesley going through the countryside and he, he saw this cow and he's walking, he's riding on a horse with this, this, uh, this other fella and the cow had his head rested on top of the brick wall, the brick fence which they used to build home, uh, fences out of. And, and John Wesley said, do, do you know why that cow's got his head resting on the fence? Well, the fella that was riding with him thought he was going to get some great revelatory understanding of the working of God. And the man said, no, Pastor Wesley. Why does he have his head sitting on the fence? And John Wesley said, because he can't see through it. Some of us are trying to see through our problems instead of just lifting our head a little bit to see God's promise is still there. See, some of us are miserable, not because of the misery, but because we're holding on. We're misers, and we don't let it go. There was a young man that was sharing. He was at what we used to call a testimony service back in the old days. He'd come to church, and the whole church service just people sharing testimonies. And this old boy got up there and, and he was doing this long, straining oration of the trials and struggles that he's been dealing with in his life as he's on his way to heaven. I've been in church services like that where you ask somebody, you got a razor? I'm sorry, bad joke. Like I said, hang around me long enough, you'll find something real quick. All of a sudden, this other old fella got up there and he looked at the boy as he walked away and said, boy, I can tell you where that guy lives. He lives in a place called Grumbly Street. Now, let me get real personal with you. This fella got up there and he was talking and he was sharing his testimony. And he said, you know, I used to live on Grumbling Street. The water was never good there. Every time I drank something, it was just, yeah, I don't know. 
the air, every time I breathe it in, it's, it's just. The birds never sang in my house. There was nothing good hanging around there. And he said, you know what happened one day? He said, I decided to move. Everybody's looking at him and said, he said, yeah. You know what I did? I moved to Thanksgiving Street. And you know, the air is just pristine. The water, it tastes like it's out of a bubbling brook. The birds, they never stop singing. Life has completely changed when I went just one street over, Grumbling Street to Thanksgiving Street. My family, they can't even believe the difference in me. My job, my friends, they always want to know what happened. And very simply, he just said, I, I kind of changed my perspective. And I realized I got stuff to be thankful for. L let me ask you, where do you live? Grumbling Street or Thanksgiving Street? Folks, I live on Thanksgiving Street, and there's lots of room on my street. You want to come hang around with me? You've got a lot to be thankful for. Gratefulness or grumbling. Your heart, your health, your life, everything will be more happy if you'll just realize there's a lot to be thankful for. Philippians 4 says it very clear, clearly. Don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. Do you think maybe we're not thankful, we're not grateful because we're not requesting God to be a part of what we're doing? Or maybe that we're not wanting to be a part of what He's doing? Look what it says there in Philippians 4, tell God what you need. It doesn't say tell pastor what you need. It doesn't say tell the church what you need. It tells us, tell God. And then what's it tell us? It's on your notes. It's on the screen. What's it say? After you tell God what you need, what do you do? Thank him for what he's already done. I'm always amazed when I read the only sermon that Jesus ever preached. We find it in Matthew chapter 5. And the sermon goes from chapter 5 all through chapter 7. And do you know what God put right smack dab in the middle of his sermon? Matthew 6. Now that's deep. But literally in the middle of his sermon, you know what he put? Don't worry about this life. He says, has any of you added an hour to your day from worry? An hour to your life from worry? It's like the old saying, worry's like a rocking chair. It gives you something to do, just doesn't get you anywhere. What has worry accomplished? And God puts it right in the middle of the only sermon he ever preached. You see, with Thanksgiving, we find the primary source 
of positive communication. I can grumble up to Chuck or I can walk with gratitude up to Chuck. I can complain about what's not being done or I can rejoice in what is being done. They say, Pastor, is it simple to do that? Yeah, very simple. All you got to do is this simple thing. Give thanks with a grateful heart. Give thanks to the Holy One. Give thanks. You want to go from grumbling to gratitude? All you got to do, give thanks with a grateful heart. Let me begin to wrap this morning up. The worship team is saying thank you, Pastor. I I share this with you, and this time of year it kind of becomes more and more real as Charlie Brown and the Peanuts gang. I love some of my spiritual aspirations come from Charlie Brown. Pastoring all these years and dealing with all I've dealt with, Charlie Brown helped me one day. I was reading, and he was just reminiscing and talking to Lucy. And Lucy was trying to help him get out of the mulligrubs. And Charlie Brown just out of his heart said, You know, I love the human race. It's people I got a problem with. And Lucy looked at him just like you're looking at me right now. But Snoopy one day was walking around out in the yard, and Charlie had just brought him a big old bowl of dog food. And, and Snoopy realized it was Thanksgiving Day. And he looked over through the window. And he saw everybody sitting down to this beautiful Thanksgiving turkey dinner. And Snoopy said, you know, it's just like them. Everybody's having Thanksgiving dinner. They're having turkey. He walks away and he goes back and says, look at this. They're having turkey and I get dog food just because I'm a dog. He trots over to the position and he's feeling, you know, he's going to crawl up on his doghouse and he's walking over there and he, you know, he's kind of feeling bad. He's grumbling. And then all of a sudden the radiance of Thanksgiving came over him. And he said, you know, could be worse. I I could be the turkey. (laughs) Folks, it doesn't take much to give thanks. All it takes is a grateful heart. It takes a grateful heart. Anybody out here got a grateful heart? 
The 106th Psalm, look what it says here. Because I'm convinced that thanksgiving changes everything. And the Bible says, give thanks to the Lord for he is He's not the magician. He's not the, 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 the fairy godmother. He's not the, the answer all, though he is the answer to it all. It says, we thank him because he is good. And you know the Bible says in the book of Romans, it's his goodness that leads me to repentance. But I know so many people that aren't thankful. And I have to bring this as we're writing it down as I began. Thanksgiving is always a choice. Thanksgiving is always a choice. A couple true stories. In Germany, there was this young man preparing to go into the most devastating surgery of his entire life. He's a young man. The surgeon walks in to him and he says, son, is there anything that you would like to say? I encourage you to say it now while you have the opportunity. But I, I want you to think about it because these could be the very last words you ever speak. Well, there was a group of students that were in to watch the surgeon, to be with him, to be with the young man. Well, the young man, and the reason the surgeon said that, because he had cancer of the tongue. And the surgery was to remove his tongue. So the surgeon reminded him, and he said, I want you to think well what you wish to say. Now, I don't know about you, but I can only imagine that moment, that time, the, the weight that came across the room, the somberness that settled on every single one as they wondered what would potentially be the last words this young man ever said. What words would he choose? Well, time had passed, and all of a sudden, parsed lips last parted, and the sound of his voice came through. Tears filled every eye that was present. And the last word the boy ever spoke on this earth was, God, thank you for your son, Jesus. You may not have much. Do you have Jesus? You may not have the answer to everything, but do you have the answer for everything? Do you have this heart of gratitude going into this Thanksgiving week that when you leave this building today, you're going to say, you know, I, I'm, I'm I'm going to start looking at things differently. i got a lot to be thankful for. Oh, I don't have much physically, monetarily. 
I don't have it all mentally or emotionally. But I am full to overflowing spiritually. We need to be thankful regardless of surroundings. We need to be thankful regardless of difficulty or setback. I can't tell you as a pastor how many setbacks that I've had. But I'm thankful that when I had that setback, I just had to ask God, help me step back. Because I know, God, you are preparing for my comeback. And you know what? Whether it's pastoring or working or, or family or, or folks, every one of you can say the exact same thing. If you will, God, thank you. It could have been worse. God, thank you. Forgiven Jesus Christ, your son. And now... think about what we've thought about your weakness doesn't seem so weak anymore does it your poverty doesn't seem so impoverished anymore does it a true event that happened the people that are trying to rewrite history try to explain it away and say it never really did happen but it did as real as you and I are here today it's called the Holocaust millions and millions of people were exterminated only because they were different can I tell you something different isn't bad it isn't right it isn't wrong different is different if you're a child of God and you understand the Holocaust, you know the real reason for it. Satan, from the very beginning, has always tried to wipe out everything that has to do with God. And what's the best thing to do but to wipe out the chosen people of God? They've been trying to do it the way. Do you know anti-Semitism is on the, ri the biggest rise that it has been on in, in decades and decades? Well, something happened during the Holocaust. There was a young lady, many of you have probably read her book. Her name is Corrie Ten Boom. She wrote an incredible book called The Hiding Place. I remember I picked up that book years ago and I, and I was uh, doing, a, I was doing a, uh, a, a revival meeting, a, uh, a series of messages over in, in Germany. I was in Heidesheim, which is right outside of Frankfurt. And, and they had that book, and it was in the room that they, that they put me in. And I saw that book, and I, you know, I knew the name Corey Ten Boom, and I never read it. And I picked it up, and I could not put it down. Well, in the book, she records a time when her and her sister, Bessie, were being transferred from prison camps 
You see, the hiding place is a true story that Corey Ten Boom and the family put a little section and they put a false wall up in their house. And in that false wall, they held as many of the Jews as they possibly could when the Nazis were coming around to find them, to exterminate them. And they built this thing called the hiding place. Well, as it happened many times, they found the hiding place. And the Ten Boon family was all arrested and all thrown into the prison camps. Corey writes the story about how thanksgiving and gratitude is found in the strangest of packages, but how it literally changed everything in her mind. Her and her sister Bessie were transferred to the worst German prison camp they'd ever been to, one of the worst in all of history called Ravensbrück. Upon entering the barracks, they found them overcrowded and worse, flea-infested. Well, Corey and Betsy, with their love for God, was over, overwhelming and just, just busting over to where it was infectious to everybody. They walked into these barracks and they walked into this prison camp. And that day's Bible reading for Corey and Betsy Ten Boom is where this message came from. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 16 through 18. Always be joyful. Never stop praying. Look what it says. In everything, give thanks. Well, Betsy had to encourage Corey as she said, let's thank God for every detail of our new living quarters. And Corey stands up to Betsy and she says, I flatly refuse to thank God for these fleas. Betsy persisted, and finally Corey relented. But look what happened. During the months in that prison camp, they had Bible study without interruption. They had church without interrogation. They could sing. They could praise. They could do all kinds of things in those barracks without the guards ever interfering. interfering. It wasn't until months later that they learned the reason the guards never interrupted. They wouldn't come to the barracks because of the fleas. Is that all you got? A bunch of fleas? Is that all you got? A bunch of nothing? you ever think that because you have a little fragment of gratitude the devil's not showing up like he could or like he would because the enemy knows that you got just enough thanksgiving in there that you're just going to say God thank you even for the fleas where's your heart today Have you stopped? Have you stopped just long enough to say, God, man, I got a lot to be thankful for. Pastor Tim Masters with this week's message on the Destined to Win podcast. Destined to Win is made possible with the prayerful and financial support of those destined to win. 
To donate online, visit vlccaz.org. That's vlccaz.org. Destined to Win is a production of Victorious Life Christian Center with services Sunday mornings at 10 and Wednesday evenings at 6.30. Join us at 2615 East 7th Avenue across from Cal Ranch. I'm Joe Harding. From Pastor Tim Masters and the congregation at Victorious Life Christian Center, you're invited to join us here next week for another edition of the Destined to Win podcast.